This is the sermon podcast for Mosaic Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Committed to bringing the beauty of the gospel of Jesus to the broken places of our lives. Good morning, Mosaic. Oh, that's going to have to, I know you have masks on, but I need to hear your voices. Good morning, Mosaic. Well, um, again, if you're visiting with us, welcome. Uh, we have uh, chartered into a new sermon series this summer. We're, we're looking at selective psalms. And so if you're new to the Bible, psalms are, uh, it, there's a collection of 150 of them in our English Bibles. And they are written by a, a variety of authors, some known, others unknown. Uh, they uh, deal with the whole gamut of human emotions. In fact, if you were here for our Psalm 1 uh, sermon, uh, this is... This is the gateway of what it actually means to be human, uh, is to listen to the Psalms in your own life. And so we're looking at different Psalms. This morning we're going to look at Psalm 93. So if you brought a Bible, you're welcome to open that now or turn that on. We're in Psalm 93. Um, we're trying to keep these sermons on the, on the brief side of things because we know there's many distractions here. And some of us have our children with us. But um, kids, if you're, if you're here this morning and you're like, okay, now's when the, the, the pastor kind of starts droning and I, and I get lost. Um, if you have paper and, and crayons or pencils, if, you're, if your parents brought those for you, they're, they're really killing the parent game. Um, you can draw a picture for me today and I'll be uh, accepting all pictures after service. If you want to give them to your pastor, I would love them. You can draw a picture of a strong tower like a fortress, uh, a castle, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter kind of stuff. So a really big tower, and then around that tower, real, uh, big waves, so like the ocean. I know we live in the desert, but, you know, th- you know, there's water back there. But like big crashing waves, like maybe you've seen in the movies. Um, that's the picture I would love for you to draw, because it's the picture of Psalm 93. And this morning... Let me just be really upfront with you for, 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 for our listeners. Uh, there, is, there is one one main big truth that you must see from this psalm and from the scriptures as a whole. And it's this. Jesus has no equal. There is no one like Jesus. He is unique in his power and his authority. And he's unique in the way that he relates to you. And I want you to see that from this psalm this morning. And then, and then the response I'm going to invite you to at the end of hearing the psalm read and preached is that you would hide yourself in him. That you would find refuge and hope in him this morning. So uh, if you would follow along with me as I read Psalm 93. I'll be reading from uh, the English Standard Version, which is uh, the, the, the English Bible that I use. And so, Psalm 93, uh, for God's uh, word this morning to God's people. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord forevermore. This is the word of God. Let's pray and ask him to bless the preaching of it. Let's pray together. Lord our God, we thank you for 
for the Bible. Lord, we thank you for speaking to us clearly. We thank you for um, giving us Psalm 93 as a source of refuge and hope in times that are incredibly troubling for us, Lord. We need to hear from you. Lord, our world is extremely noisy right now. Uh, We're fatigued by the news and headlines, and we long to hear a divine word. And so, Lord, would you use this one man uh, to speak clearly from your word this morning? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So this psalm um, gives us some poetic imagery uh, for us to grasp onto. And I'm going to kind of latch onto um, the, the imagery of clothing for a little bit. And so this idea that the Lord, Yahweh, if you're following in the English Bibles, that's capital L-O-R-D. That's the name of God of the Bi- in the Bible. And so the one true and living God, Yahweh, has revealed himself as a God who is robed. He's clothed in two things. He's clothed, as this psalm says, in majesty, and he's clothed in strength. So let's, let's talk a little bit about his majesty for a minute. Um, the word majesty, the root of that word is actually to rise. And so the language, the vocabulary of Psalm 93 is that of rising up. Uh, the, the, the comparison and contrast is the Lord rising and then the waves rising. So, so here uh, the psalmist is, um, is, is boasting that the Lord is robed in a, in a rising majesty that's higher than anything else that could be going on in the world. Um, and, and the, and the Psalm uses, I mean, I'm a desert kid. I grew up here in Albuquerque, but I, you know, I'm scared of the ocean. Uh, and, and the ocean for ancient Near Eastern Israelites was even scarier. Like you, you think about kind of the access, the knowledge that we have about how the world works and the size and the land plots, they didn't have any of that. And so the ocean was actually the supreme symbol of uncontrollable chaos. It was, it was the image of darkness and abyss that was uncontrollable. It was the thing that, who can stop that? You look at the, the size of, of a mass of water, either a lake or an ocean, for some of, from some of these folks, and they looked at it, and it was unsurmountable. And so, I mean, you even think about the movies like that we watch, and they kind of s- stir up these great storms. Like, what is more scary than that? Being in a boat that is being overwhelmed by waves, crashing waves coming down on it, threatening to take your very existence. So the psalmist here says God is, is more excellent and more majestic than even those kinds of things. But the, the striking thing, and I'm just going to, because we're being brief this summer, I'm just going to really jump to the conclusion a little bit here, is that um, the person of Jesus comes and he is Yahweh in the flesh. He is the Lord of Psalm 93. And one of the supreme acts where Jesus displayed this was when he was out on a boat on a body of water with his disciples. And he was taking a little power nap. If you're familiar with the story, he was napping on the boat and the storm came. The windstorm comes and the disciples, they're losing it, right? The waves are coming in. The, the, the boat is taking on water and they ask Jesus, they say, Jesus, you know, you're sleeping. Are you not concerned about this? And Jesus, he just, you know, all three gospel, three of the four gospel accounts record this event. And Jesus just simply rebukes the storm. He just tells it to stop. Like, stop. And the storm stops. And, and so what Jesus was doing was he was revealing that he, he is the one who's mightier than the waves of the sea. 
And it, and it wasn't just the storms of the sea that Jesus could, had authority over. Uh, he had authority over the powers of darkness. He would, he would call demons out by name. And they would submit to his authority immediately. Uh, he had authority and power over sickness. Immediately, he would take it out of someone if it was his will. He had authority and power over, um, over even death. You remember Lazarus. He, he took this man who was dead for, three, for days, and he brought him back to life. So Jesus comes not as some ordinary prophet with a, with a message of morality to, for us to kind of clean up our lives. Jesus comes, and he says, I'm the Lord Almighty, and everything else submits in authority to, to my authority. So the response of the disciples on that boat when he calmed the sea was, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? That was their conclusion. This is no ordinary man. This is not somebody that you just kind of want to get along with. This is, this is somebody that you want to take very seriously. Um, one of the, probably the most, in my opinion, underestimated doctrines in our faith is the doctrine of Jesus' ascension. So many of us are very familiar with his, with his earthly life, uh, his death, his burial, even his resurrection. Very important. All profound doctrines. But one of the most underestimated and ones we don't speak to very often is Jesus' ascension. That he ascended um, in, a, in a bodily form, a resurrected form to, to the heavens above. Um, and he is currently in session ruling over the cosmos. That is the orthodox teaching on who Jesus is now. Uh, he, he didn't just go into some spirit realm to kind of wait uh, for things to get really bad where he'll come back and, and maybe fix things up at the end. Like the teaching of the Christian church is that the God-man has ascended to the throne of heaven and is seated at God's right hand running the entire universe right now. I mean, you even see the way the psalm it says uh, in verse, uh, end of verse 1 and verse 2, that the world's established, it shall never be moved. Your thrones established, you're from everlasting. In essence, what the psalmist is claiming is that God, Yahweh, uh, now in the person of Jesus, has given all authority to this one man to rule and to reign. And he's mightier than, than even the storms of the sea. Now, with, with all of that said, so that's kind of the, the, that Jesus is robed in this majesty, that the Isaiah 6 vision, that he is holy, holy, holy. He's entirely transcendent. Like he is, he, he in many ways ought to be feared. But, but the beautiful thing um, about his majesty is it has another side, and it's his strength. And so he's not just robed in majesties, but he's now ruling with strength, and the strength is not what like you would expect. Because a, a lot of us, uh, the, the way the psalm tells us is uh, he, he, his uh, strength is his belt, right? And for those of us, especially on Father's Day, those of us uh, who grew up in a generation where like, like dad showed his strength through his belt, you know what I'm saying? Like that's how strength was exerted. Um, Jesus doesn't flex his strength like that. See, Jesus is entirely wholly other because Jesus, though he has authority to flex however he pleases, what he did was he came and he took his belt off and he laid down his strength. He came and he lived a completely, entirely uh, life full of humility and service. 
he, he showed what, that strength actually wasn't by flexing your authority. It was actually by laying it down. He showed that strength came through serving others. And so Jesus comes, and his throne is established through his work on earth. And his work was established by his laying down of his very own life. Uh, some of you are new to Christianity. Uh, you're exploring faith even now uh, because of where we're at in the world. And you're maybe even considering, you know, what is true, what is right, what is, what is good, what is beautiful. And, and I, would, I would summon this to you today, uh, that the good news about Jesus uh, is that uh, he willingly laid down his strength. In fact, if, if you're familiar with the New Testament, the way it describes one thing that happened to Jesus before he went on the cross was he was stripped of his garments. He was stripped of his glory. He laid it down. They took it off of him, and he willingly made himself vulnerable. The word vulnerable, the, kind of the root of that is to be wounded. He willingly exposed himself to the authorities of the world and he laid his whole life down so that people could know his true majesty and his true power. And that is how the world is established and his throne is established forever. Now, I would be, it would be remiss of me um, for me to assume uh, that Jesus will never flex his authority. Uh, but the Bible makes it very clear uh, that there has been a fixed time and day when Jesus will come to make all things new. And when that day comes, it will be a day of dread for many. It will be a day of judgment. Jesus will come, as the book of Revelation describes him, on a white horse. That's the victory horse. He'll come, and he, uh, will, he'll take down governments. He will establish his rule on earth, and he will rule with the sword of justice until all evil and darkness are done away with. And then all of those who belong to him will eternally dwell with him in peace forevermore. Uh, the, the way the psalm, I, I don't think we think about this much, but the end of uh, verse 1 is that the world's established, it'll never be moved. Like some of us have this idea that, that kind of, you know, Armageddon, the doom and gloom, that God's going to come, he's going to like burn the whole world up. And that's not, that's not the picture. The picture is that God's going to come and he's going to make all things right. That life as we live it now will be very similar, but it will be redeemed, and it will be all new. And so um, the book of Revelation also, in very vivid language, describes to us those who have not found Jesus to be a place of refuge. To, if you're not hiding in Jesus right now, in fact, let me just read a little section uh, from chapter 6. And it's talking about the most powerful people. You know, the people who have authority and influence, the movers and the shakers. Listen to the way the Bible talks about these on that day when Jesus will come. It says, the kings, then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us, and hide us from the face of him who was seated on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? Now, God's power certainly does two things. It both inspires dread, and it also secures confidence. Now, 
the, the inspiration of dread, like this is not a fear tactic. The Bible is not interested in just like scaring you into believing in Jesus. But what it is interested in doing is with honestly assessing what will happen to those who don't find their hiding place in him. And what will happen is judgment will fall. And so the invitation for you today is for you to hide yourself in Jesus. To find his kindness over your life to be the very place where you will find refuge now and forevermore. That this is, this is the only response to a psalm like this, which is why the psalmist can conclude verse 5. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. In other words, you can trust what God has said. You do not have to speculate the time and the day, the events and the places. What you do need to speculate is, are you hiding yourself in Jesus and his work on your behalf? Let me close with the words of a, a, psalm we, uh, a hymn we sing regularly, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And this, this would be my invitation for everyone here today, Christians and non-Christians, that you would do what this hymn is inviting you to do. It says this, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's pray and ask him to help us do just that. Lord Jesus, we many times... um, We get inside our heads whether we are believing enough or obeying enough. Lord, right now we're in a season of life uh, where things are busy in our hearts and in our minds and in the world. So my prayer for for all those that are gathered here or listening online uh, would, would be that we would turn our eyes on you, Jesus. We long for your presence. We long for the day when you will make everything sad come untrue. When justice and judgment will roll down the mountains and fall upon this place. And Lord, may we, be fi- may we find ourselves hiding in you and not among those crying out for the rocks and mountains to fall on us. Help us to hide ourselves in you today, Jesus. We pray these things in your name. Amen. This is the Sermon Podcast for Mosaic Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Committed to bringing the beauty of the gospel of Jesus to the broken places of our lives. 